welcome to the Cork Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us today. We hope this message inspires you, builds your faith, and encourages you in the things of the Lord. Enjoy the message. Today is, today is our, this is our story, and we've got three, three wonderful testimonies um, uh, of, of the goodness of the Lord. Uh, first, first up, we're going to call our, our sister, uh, Sharina Gonzalez, who's, who's going to give us a testimony of what the Lord has done in, in, in her life. So, so can we give her a warm welcome, Sister Sharina? Praise the Lord, everyone. Um, good morning. Um, I'm not worthy to, uh, to stand actually in front of you. When I was told I have to give my testimony, I was like, you know, a few days. And then, you know, what the Lord has done for me, for me, I cannot count it all. I was like, I can stay here all day and tell what the Lord has done for me, really. Um, sorry now. You know, I could cry. <laughs> um, praise the Lord. Um, um, I sure show this to my husband how this go. Actually, I can fill in the whole actually book. <laughs> I don't know where to start. <laughs> you know, I don't get any. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Um, hallelujah. Actually, um, 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 no, I can't stop. I can't talk. Actually, when I um, my background is actually I grew up in a Catholic background as well. You, which um, you know, many of us here as well is the same, but um, we're not actually uh, practicing. But um, my family would come to the church every Sunday, um, very faithful that way. My parents are, but I'm actually not to know what they're doing really. Like I'm just following them. Even the prayers, I don't even know. You ask me, I don't even know. You know the ritual ones, I couldn't tell. Um, um, where I, with three of us, actually, um, my siblings, I'm, in, I'm the middle child. So, you know, when they say in, in your family, there's ugly ducklings. So, you know, here I am. But the Lord actually really cho- choose the unworthy one. Hallelujah. I thank the Lord for his goodness in my life. Um, my, my relative now would tell, you know, in the movie, if there's a villain. I know, I don't know how to pronounce it. It's a villain? Villain? Villain. So I'll be that one, and they'll see that actually. So you're that one. So I actually, that time I was like, I really don't care. But you know, but then the Lord actually, um, my my mom now actually was the first one to actually meet the Lord. So uh, she was the first um, born again Christian in my family. So um, by then, you know, um, my two siblings because they're the good ones. So they're following her. And me, I stick to my dad. So my dad will go to, you know, like we go separate church. But then I could see there's a joy in them when, when, you know, when they come in the house. Like, so there's difference, you know. So then me and my dad then, um, next thing, we actually joined my mom and my uh, two other siblings. So I couldn't tell you really exactly when did I receive the Lord Jesus Christ in my heart. Because I know we, we went different born-again churches back home because, you know, um, 
our place would go to different ones because our place is it's, it's actually big. Uh, the Philippines, the Manila is big, so and there's many uh, populations, it's huge as well. So anyways, I could, like, you know, whenever the, the pastor would say, you know, whoever wants to receive the Lord Jesus Christ, I will always see myself standing so many times. And I was like, oh, oh. Oh, that's the, the the first timers, you know, and then I would sit down. Oh no, and then but then you know, like what is in my heart? I want to have Jesus Christ saving me all the time. So it's it's like that. There's one even one time, and we stood like everyone stood up, you know, you know, and then we I followed wherever they go. They went to to room, and they're teaching, you know, because you know you just receive just in your heart. And it's like uh, sure, I've been been so many times at church, but that's in my heart. Like I want, you know, to always receive the Lord in my heart all the time and save me. So anyway, um, so that's the you know when I receive Jesus Christ in my heart. Then there's, you know, there's a change. Like, I don't even know how it's changed me. So, um, 1998, I got a chance, actually, um, to go to a, a, um, a church convention. It would be like our summer fire here. That was actually in Singapore, but it's all sponsored, of course, because we've known nothing much, you know. Um, sponsored my auntie and uncle, which is, they're, they're the ones actually very good. And they're the ones, see, I was thinking... This uncle of auntie and uncle of mine, they're actually living in Australia. Whenever they come to Philippines, it's they're staying in my house. So if they're there one one month, they're there one month, and every day like we have Bible studies, you know, and we will be praying. So some of my relatives won't really come to my house because my two uncle and auntie they only talk about Jesus. So because me, I'm the kind of entertainer too at the time. I'll be sitting there all the time and thinking and talking to my uncle because it's my uncle. Actually, um, he's Sri Lankan background, but he's in Australia. like So because nobody wants to talk you know, English like our language, not actually uh, first language, not really English. So I'll be there. And then he'll be talking about Jesus. Anyway, this auntie and uncle of mine um, helped me a lot in my Christian journey. So... Um, so I went this in the Singapore uh, convention, uh, church convention. They're actually obeyed the Lord in waters of baptism. And not short after, because after that, you know, um, we went to Indonesia because they were at that time working in there. So, and there's two servants of God with us, which every day we come, actually six in the morning, we come and praise the Lord in the morning. And then we have Bible studies. Like I have, I took my holiday. So what we're doing that every day. So anyway, and not short after I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There actually, um, I felt, you know, you, you know, when you heard, the, hear, really hear the voice of the Lord, you know. I was like before, I was like, how can you hear the voice of the Lord? You could actually, you know. And the Lord, you open your ears. Like there's a step closer when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. There's, I couldn't, like. Some of us would, you know, but like we really have to, like for me now, we really have to cry out the Lord to baptize us in the Holy Spirit. We really do. We really do. Um, anyway, so the Lord had spoken to me more deeper. And um, then I have, I, I've been to, uh, you know, Australian Convention Church, Papua New Guinea. I've been in loads of places. And then the Lord actually, um, you know, um, I was really fascinated how in Luke 9, 57 to 62, was really fascinated. How are these disciples to say, 
Lord, I'll follow you. And the Lord will say, leave everything behind you and follow me. And like, Lord, let me bury my, the dead first. Let the dead bury, you know, itself. Like, I was really like, Lord, it's really, you know, it's a step of faith. So anyway, so the Lord again actually um, opened a way actually for me. God has been very good to me actually. I really, really thank the Lord because he had chosen me from, from my mother's womb even that time. So anyway, so the Lord um, opened the way. I went to um, the USA. I was there for two years. Actually, I left my job. I have a very good job. I wasn't nursing by then, but I finished nursing already. I was working in the bank, but I earning a lot, you know, rather than a nurse in the, back home. So I left that just to be in the missionary training and see what's in there. So, but then the Lord really blessed me and personally really touched me. Um, I've seen, you know, like the people around me are like, they're servants of God. And who am I? You know, I'm just like, I have nothing here, you know. But then I, I was like, in awe, like how really, you know, anyway, that was really a, a really, really wonderful time that time. So anyway... At that time, actually, um, I w- I'm on this church, um, so the elder, elders trying to actually send me somewhere else, not back, not back to my own place in the Philippines. So I actually went to um, different places. I've seen how the Lord's doing in different places. So, because, you know, I know it's, it's like this, you know, um, there's so many devices in our, in our heart, but it's the counsel of the Lord that shall stand. So this also, I want this, Lord. I want that. I want that. So I was like that. But then it's still his counsel that, that, that stands. So anyway, I was sent back home. So I was sent back home in the Philippines. So here, actually, so I was standing in the church, and I've seen my family. Because actually, you believe it or not, I have been, wasn't spoken, speaking to them for three years when I was in the mission. Because um, I was thinking the time alone, the carnal things would jump into me and that I might forget the Lord. Do you know what? I, I couldn't explain it really. Anyway, so I've seen my mom and my dad, but they're actually, they're very faithful in the church as well. So I was there and then was talking to them. And then, and then it's so, you know, uh, when I'm speaking to them, they're, they're actually, uh, they're needing help. So because... Um, I'm, you know, like, I can get a job, you know, it's, you know, like, easily, because I, I talk, you see, um, maybe you don't realize that, but I do, um, uh, so anyways, so I, I really actually felt their help, and they're actually being faithful, being, attending the church, and love the Lord so much, my parents, and my sister, and, you know, and my sister wasn't working that by then, you know. And my father, he's the only one that's providing. And my brother, he's still in college and they have difficulty financially. And during that time, like I would have a cousin that's a doctor and then realized he took up nursing just to go abroad. I was like, doctor, it's like, what happened? You know, what happened over back home anyway? So then I was there and then I was, you know, they're actually, they're really needing help. I said, look, I have to do something. This is the reason, actually, the Lord has sent me down back, 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 back home, you know, in the Philippines. It's really to help my parents. So when I was there, actually, I see sometimes, I, that time, like, I couldn't understand. Lord, why? Lord, Lord, why? You know, so I was there. So, you know, I'm just going to confess something with you guys. So, um, 
then the Lord actually opened my eyes. And my, my dad, actually, my dad works in the custom, you know, custom back home. So, like, little money in the salary, but loads of money from illegal things. So that's where we're actually fed and brought into college and studies, you know. So that time, I didn't realize my dad's still doing that, even though he's a Christian. So then my, they were saying, we can't, you see, we can't if we're just relying in my, into dad's salary. And my heart really melted. I was like, that's why you're sending me here, Lord. Actually, they're my first mission. So I was, you know, I said, look, I'll go back to nursing. This being in demand at home now. So I'll go back to nursing. There's a test. You know, I went back to nursing. I didn't actually from college. I didn't go to nursing two minutes. So anyway, so anyway, I got actually, uh, I went back to nursing. Anyway, I got a job and all that. So I was providing then, you know, helping. But then I, was, I said to, to my dad, you have to stop working, you know. And he stopped working. And you know what? The Lord actually opened the way. The Lord opened the way and that I, would, I, I came here in Ireland. Actually, I wasn't thinking of Ireland, really. So I, went, I came back here. I came here in Ireland. I was sitting on a Canadian recruitment. I, my, 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 my mind is actually Australia or Canada. And I, wasn't, I don't even know where Ireland is, honestly. So I was like, then one of the girls said to me, you have the uh, you know, requirements. Why don't you go to this agency where they're actually looking for Ireland? I said, really? Where is that? So the same day I went, and then the, the lady said, oh, the following actually morning you have to come again because the, the employer is here giving actually uh, taking applicants, you know, you have to be interviewed. So I actually went, you know, in the span of eight weeks, I'm here. So praise the Lord. So I was here anyways. I won't be long now. Um, yeah, so I was here, and you know, two weeks I was in uh, the BNB and BNB, and then I was like, I I actually was really thirsty, you know, hungry for the Lord because I don't know the place, I don't know where where church to go to, I don't know that this way 2006. So and then there's few friends that came before me that some Christians. So I came, I asked, where do you go? And then they say, oh, we meet now in Northgate Cinema. This time, I said, okay, go on. So then I actually, I went there. When I went to Northgate, this two weeks, I don't even know where, you know, I just walking and walking. I was in Washington Street. I don't know where, where, where my way's around. They're not there. Oh, it's like my heart. I was actually crying. My heart's like, oh, where will I go? I don't even know which church will I go. So anyway, I was walking in one of the streets near the Mercy Hospital, and then I, I can hear, you know, praise and worship. I say, where is that sound? I actually just follow where the sound is. Anyway, I went to the church. It's as if no one, no, no one sees me. It's just I was there. I stayed there, sit, sit down in the corner. I was crying to God, like, Lord, fill me. Fill me with your presence. I really need you. I, I'm so hungry and thirsty. You know, they have a minister at that time. You know what the minister said? I was crying. And the minister after, he said, um, it's not an accident that you're here in Ireland. And was pointing out his finger like that, as if he's pointing to me. I was like, he said, um, I have a plan and a mission for you while you're here. So I was like, oh, really, Lord? You know, I was like, oh, Lord, I don't even know this Ireland. Like, you know, you're talking to me. So actually, I went 
out crying. Nobody still tapped me like, you know, oh, hi, hello. Like nobody sees, no one sees me there. So anyway, I went home and then by the time I got to the B&B, my uncle then said, I know where the church you go to. I said, yeah, where, uncle? And it says Donnybrook Church. I said, oh, where is that? Because, you know, that time there's no Wi-Fi, there's no nothing. And then he gave me the address. We're still just, you know, across here, just behind. I said, oh, yeah. So from then on, actually, I actually looked look for the, the Donnybrook Church. At the time, we're still Donnybrook. Yeah, and praise the Lord. Uh, I, I found the church to attend to and to be here in Ireland. Yeah, and then guess what? <laughs> this is the place where I met my husband. <laughs> yeah. So I met my husband actually here, and now we're blessed with three kids. Yeah, praise the Lord. And praise the Lord. It's actually, if you see my eldest child, say happy birthday to her. It's her birthday today. Anyway, God bless and praise the Lord. God bless. God bless you, Shirena. I tell you, it's so difficult to compress everything that the Lord has done into 10 minutes. But thank you. That was a wonderful. Uh, God bless you, Shirena. Next up, we have our brother, Kieran Mead, uh, a, a wonderful gentleman um, from Cork. And I, I tell you what, if, even him coming up and testifying in, in itself is a great, uh, a great testimony of God's power. Um, God richly bless you, Kieran. One of, our, one of our deacons, fantastic man. God bless you. Thank you, Andy. Thank you, Church. Um, before I got saved, I suppose I had an awful lot of fear, um, fear of losing family, fear of losing farm, fear of losing everything. And um, I suppose just my story is that my friend Russell, who lives next door to me, some of you would be familiar with him, he came... He came to me one day, and I was telling him about the family member that was sick, and he prayed, and I thought that was strange. I said, i never seen anyone praying like this or anything like that before. And he was telling, us, he was telling me about the church, and he was asking me to come. And I said, I haven't time at the moment. It was springtime. Look, I said, I'll come maybe after a couple of months, and I have time. So sure enough, Russell came back again two months later to ask me would I come. So I came church there around the corner, Tunnybrook Church, and I came in the first night, and I thought it was very strange, people with their hands up in the air, and they're, they're doing all sorts of things, and, but I liked it at the same time, so I came back again the following weeks, and I enjoyed it, and then I heard about the prayer meetings, and I was asking Russell, what were they? So he was telling me about how they give testimony of what the Lord has done. And so I came to them and I was blown away by the prayer meetings just to see what God was doing in other people's lives. And um, I kept on coming. Then summer fire was being announced. So I went myself and my family, we went to the summer fire. And it was there I actually got saved. Um, Carter Condon was preaching. I think it was the second night. I just... I don't know what I saw in the man's face or whatever, I just saw Jesus. And I just, that moment I was changed. I was just changed. All the fear that I had left me. And it was just a fantastic uh, week that I had there. So from there on, I started coming to church. I enjoyed church. God was ministering to me. He was speaking to me. 
And then maybe about a year, year and a half later, uh, my wife decided she was going to leave me. So at that point, I was, I was strong enough from God, but God took me through. There was a, a fairly enormous trial because all the children were bitter against me. She turned them all against me. So there was seven of us living, eight of us living in the house. Next thing, there was only one, just myself. So God just took me through all that, and I just give him all the glory for that. So um, day by day, I got through it. Um, the children were very bitter. I even had to get my neighbor, because it was a court order. They'd come to see me. I had to get my neighbor to sit with me, because I was afraid they'd accuse me, because I'd been accused of a lot of things by my wife, abuse, rape, you name it. I'd been in court for all the, all the things. But God was always there. He always defended me. Even though it looked like I wasn't being defended, the next thing the judge would throw the case out every time. So, you know, God was always there. God was always faithful to me, which I give him all the glory for. Um, then I remember one evening I came in here and... They were looking for someone to teach the children Wednesday nights. And I'm not joking, it would be easier for me to move this building by a wheelbarrow <laughs> than to go teaching children. But I was faithful to God. God was prompting me to do it. I remember going and teaching the first night. All I could see was 20 eyes looking up at me. And I said, what am I going to say to these kids? But literally within about three to four weeks, God started to soften the hearts of my own children and the, most of them started to come back to me and I remember God just saying to me to love them you know, pour out love because they had said lots of nasty things they had done lots of things behind my back but I just continued on to love them through all that and love conquers you know, love conquers it's not easy at times but it does conquer and God has been so faithful to me. I could start talking for the day and about what he has done in my life. Even through the farm, when I'm farming, I pray about certain things. There's always situations arise. And even, you know, God always comes and ticks the box and things go smooth. And, you know, it's just fantastic. Even fixing machinery with my brother sometimes will be going against us. I pray in my mind and he would know I'd be praying. But next thing it would always turn out. You know, we'd always get the wisdom on how to solve the problem. You know, so, so that's my testimony, really. So, so thank you for listening. Thank you. Bless the Lord. Thank you, Karen. Thank you. Thank you. Um, our, our last, our last uh, person up is Jess again. Another miracle. Um, just, just over, just over what a year ago, we were praying and seeking heaven that God would do something. They said she wouldn't be able to come back. But guess what? Here she is. Come on up, Jess. Come and give us testimony of the goodness of the Lord. Good morning, church. Beautiful morning, isn't it? It's been lovely. God is so good. Um, I know you guys see me on the stage a lot, but this actually, I'm very nervous. Uh, uh, I just hope that um, the story and my testimony encourages somebody, um, because I am no one, but it's about the Lord, and it's about his keeping power it's about his faithfulness and how, um, how of an incredible father that he is. Um, if you don't know my background, a lot of you know me, but then there are some since I've been back that I've just recently met. Um, obviously, I'm from America, if you could tell by my accent. Um, and uh, just a bit of a background on me. 
I was born into a, a broken family, uh, quote unquote, no, I was not in a normal family. Uh, my mom had me out of wedlock. She does not know who my father is, so I don't know who he is. I don't even know if he knows that I exist. So I've never had a father in my life. Um, and my mother had me, uh, you know, it was unplanned. <laughs> um, and she, there was a chance that she was going to abort me. There was a chance she didn't want me. So that, that alone that I'm standing right here is a testimony in itself that I'm here and that I can encourage people with this. Um, but my mom decided to, to keep me. My mom had all intentions of having the best life with just me and her. Um, and then I was about two years old and uh, drugs and alcohol, she was turned that direction. She chose drugs, she chose alcohol over me. And so she was never really around. Um, I don't have that many early memories of her. Um, I just remember her being in and out. And my grandmother actually took me in. Um, but the beautiful thing about all this is my grandma actually raised me in church. So I was actually in church at a very young age. I don't remember not knowing the Lord, even though I was in a situation where I come home and I don't have parents and I don't know my dad, I don't know my mom. It never really dawned on me that that wasn't normal. <laughs> I actually like, people were like, what's your, what, you know, you know, when I was a teenager, they're like, what's your testimony. I said, I don't really have one. They're like, what about the fact that you don't know your parents? I was like, oh yeah. Like, it's just something that I've always, the Lord has always kept me. And looking back, even as a young kid, I was five years old. I gave my heart to the Lord. And looking back, he, he just, I just always remember never being alone. Hebrews says that he'll never leave you or forsake you. And I truly felt that looking back now, I'm 28 going to be 29. And thinking even then, I remember never being alone. I had my aunt and my uncle who took me in when my grandmother couldn't, and so, and I've been blessed with many men and women who have, you know, been that father or that mother figure in my life. Um, I, I like, I was the girl who would go into church every chance I got. After school, I'd get the school bus to church because I just wanted to sit in the office, or I just wanted to, you know, I was one of those people. We had <laughs> those kids running around just wanting to be in the church because it was those people that helped me and shaped me and taught me and was a good role model for my life and taught me about the love of the Lord that I fell in love with the local church. I believe the local church is important for the community. It helped raise me, and I believe that, that I just, I, I believe and love the local church. And that's all I wanted to do is I wanted to be in church always. And so I knew that I wanted to be in ministry one way or another, however that was going to look. I didn't know how that was going to look. And here I am, six years now, I have been living in Ireland. There's been some issues, you know, but I've seen God come through and the part of him being a father. I've never been more taken care of ever in my life. People come and go, and maybe there's somebody listening who has come from a similar background than me, whether it was drugs, alcohol, broken families, divorce, whatever it could be, it's situations that you didn't start but you were born into, circumstances that just have happened to you, that your identity isn't in those things. You know, if people look at me, uh, you know, they say, oh, she was an accident or she was a mistake or, you know, because my mom didn't plan this. It was all unplanned. And so it could be easy for me statistics. I could have gone down a very destructive path, but the Lord kept me. The Lord kept me and he encouraged me. And the fact that I am not a mistake, that I am not an accident, that I have worth, that the Lord came and died for me, even though my mom didn't know that I was, you know, didn't, you know, and, and she may be watching this because by the grace of God, I have no issues with my mom. She's human. She made a mistake and I, I love her. But 
she didn't plan to have me and my dad doesn't even know who I am. All these things, I could definitely say I have no worth, I'm not loved, but the Lord chose me. And same for you. If you came from that same similar background, you're not an accident. You're not a mistake. You have worth. You're chosen and you're loved and you have purpose. And I just, I, I just pray that you are encouraged by this, that don't identify yourself by what's going on around you. Sometimes things happen to you that's not your fault. Sometimes things happen to you that are your fault, but you are not identified by those things. That it's what the God says about you, about what his word says about you. And like I said in Hebrews, he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. And he means that. And I've seen that through my life that he provided for me. He has taken care of me. He has loved me more than any earthly father ever could. And I would not choose any other way to live than this way. I've seen him come through in many, many, many situations. And I just, I just feel like the most blessed girl. Like I just feel like so taken care of and so loved that I don't feel this void that I don't have a mom or a dad. That he, that I'm loved and I, and I'm, and, and, and he chose me and he sent his only son to die for me because he wants to spend eternity with me, which is crazy. <laughs> and not only that, he wants to do life with me right now. He wants to help me day in and day out and, and he wants to help you too. So even if you feel that you aren't worthy, maybe, or, or, or whatever it is that you're feeling, know that there's a God who loves you, that he's a father to you and that he wants to help you in every situation. And that he just wants to do life with you. <laughs> and that's really all I have to say is that he's so faithful, he's so good, and that he loves you more than you could ever imagine. And I just hope that encouraged somebody today. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Uh, Sharina and Kieran and Chess, you're my friends, and I love hearing what God has and is doing in your life. You're wonderful people, and um, it's no small thing to stand up here um, in front of your, in front of anybody, and just to share. But you blessed me this morning, as uh, your story is the same as my story, is the same as every Christian story. Broken people, wonderful God, the kindness of His of His mercy, and His continual love that always goes towards us. Amen. The hymn writer said, "Oh, love that will not let me go." I just want a short verse I want to share with you this morning. It's a well-known verse to Bible readers. I'm mindful that not everyone reads their Bible. But it's found in Isaiah chapter 55. And it's actually an invitation. It's an invitation. This actually is written in a in time of, of the history of the Jews when they're in Babylon. But they're not far from being returned back to their homeland. They've been annexed out of their own country to the Babylonian Empire about hundreds of miles away to a foreign land and now there's a restoration promised by God to them and this is kind of the latter part of their journey but the wonderful thing about the Bible is when you, when you begin to read it and I encourage you to read it it's, it's not just a, a word for back then it's an eternal word it speaks all the time there's not another piece of literature like this um, you, you pick up a Bible and you ask God to speak to you with an honest heart you will hear the echoes of his love resonating through every word. You'll know it. You'll feel it. If you just take the moment to, to sit down with your Bible, um, God will speak to you. And this is the invitation. Ho, oh, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come by and eat. Yes, come by wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend money for what is not bread? And your wages for what does not satisfy. 
Listen carefully to me and eat what is good, and let your soul delight itself in abundance. Incline your ear and come to me here, and your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you. The sure mercies of David, indeed I have given him as a witness to the people, a leader and commander of the people. Verse 6, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return to the Lord. And he will have mercy upon him and our God, for he will abundantly pardon you. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, says the Lord. For as, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Praise the name of the Lord. This is an invitation. I, I don't want to kind of let it be cryptic to you. It's a simple call. The, the word is howie in the Hebrew. It's uh, oi if you are English. It was a call that the marketers in Jerusalem would have cried out to call you to attention to their stall. If you were walking in Jerusalem back then, they would have gone, Oi! It actually went on to mean anyone that's beyond the pale. It was an invitation. It was a call that went out from someone selling in the marketplace. So wherever the, 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 wherever the voice would carry, it was an invitation to come and look at their stall and see what was there. And so, if you ever walk down by the, uh, the GPO in Cork, you will hear a guy going, Echo! Echo! Even Echo, every, uh, he's iconic to the Corkonians. And so, anyone that can hear him, it's, I'm selling something, I want you to come. And this is the sort of God's echo to you and to me. This is God's beyond the pale. Beyond the pale became a, a, a more developed later on in history. Beyond the pale was beyond the reach of the king's protection. You know, it, it was beyond the, this, you know, the king eventually actually in Britain, when he, when, when the British came into Ireland, the, or the English at the time, they, they put four stakes in the ground and that really gave the boundaries of the king's realm. And after that, you were beyond the pale. You were beyond his protection. You were not under his covering. And so God's invitation goes to those who are not under his protection, if you want to put it that way. Those who've been, you say, I've been outside of the pale. I've been outside. And the invitation is an invitation to come to a table and to be sustained by God. And it costs you nothing. See, this is the most remarkable story that, you know, he's just come and buy wine and milk without price. And, you know, of course, wine is to cheer the heart. And milk is the only product known to man that you can actually live on and not die. You can sustain you in every level the product of milk can. Amazing. I just read that the other day. We do have some dietitians. I'm sure you'll skinny down a little bit. But you can live on milk. These are rich euphemisms to kind of explain to you what God is saying to a society back then. I have everything you need for life. I have everything you need for happiness. And I have it here at a table that I set before you. And it's going to cost you nothing. 
And why are you laboring with your life and looking after things that will never bring you happiness is what he's saying to the nation. Why are you laboring for things that are just going to pass away when you pass away? The, the uselessness of how most of us live our lives, friends, is, you know, when you begin to take a step back, it's quite ridiculous. We, we work to, to get to retirement and then we're old and decrepit and have no ability to, to live out the life of enjoyment after all of our lives. Wait, I can't wait to retire. I can't wait to retire. And then you retire at 64 and you look up and there's only the clock is running down so fast. Living to pay bills. Living just to survive. Living just to get by. And yet there's a table that the Lord puts out to you. These wonderful, wonderful delights that God has for you. Wine that would cheer it. Milk that would sustain. Because the hunger and the thirst of the human heart is the hunger and thirst for God himself, friends. The hunger and thirst for the human heart is far more serious than the cravings of the body. I'm going to say that again to you because it is, it is far more serious than the cravings of the body. Jesus said, what does a profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? For the thirst of the soul is the thirst for our more truest self, friends. Man thirsts for God. And despite all the downward tendencies and earthly inclinations and sensuous leanings of our human nature, there is a profound and undeniable cry of our soul for the living God, a hunger and thirst. And you know, you might be watching, you might be here this morning, and you've chased after and you've looked into and you've searched the world as we sang earlier on. I've searched for all eternity long, but I want to say to you again, there is no one like Christ because he lays out an invitation to you to feed your soul, to come to a table of joy, to come to a table of fulfillment, to have your soul remedied. Amen. To have the deepest need of your life ministered to. Not by another human being, friends. Not from a wife or a husband. Not from a mom or a dad. Uh, you know, whether they be deadbeat or up there, they'll never minister to you. But to be ministered at the table of the Lord himself. And this was the invitation that God gave Israel. He said, will you stop running around trying to satisfy yourself? Will you stop trying to run around and build your material world? Will you come without price and without cost? And come to this table. It's a free table. But it cost him everything. It's free to us. But it cost him his own life's blood. And I want to say to you this morning in closing. You've heard three people this morning share. Something of what this wonderful Christ has done for them. And meant to them. But their story can be your story. Their story can translate you into a different place. It can become your story. If you would just open your heart today to the Lord. If you would simply come and say, Lord, I bow my knee. I confess. I believe. I receive. And the gift of faith that Isaac was talking about will be dropped into your heart. The gift of eternal life that Jess was talking about will become yours. Amen. 
the Father, the true Father of this universe will become so intimate to you and so personal that you will not talk about God in the third party or second party, but you'll talk about him from a place of intimacy, of knowing him. And then you'll be able to talk to others and say, like many others, let me tell you my story, how I was beyond the pale, how I was outside the reach of the king and the provision of the king. But I heard a voice saying, oi. I heard a voice say, ho. I heard a voice say, come to a table. And I simply came to that table, and that table is Calvary for you and me, because it's at that place God himself set his own body on that tree, and he makes that body available by faith to you and I, that we would eat and drink of his very flesh and his very blood and have life in us. Hallelujah. Jesus says it. I have come that you would have life and have it more abundantly. So if you're hungry, if you're thirsty, the true hunger and the true thirst of a man is the thirst and the hunger for God himself. And he's saying to you, come to me, all you who are weary and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. We are in a time now in closing this message, we are now coming into a time as, in, as, a, as a world, as a civilized world, as a human world, where things are really changing, friends. They're changing at a rapid pace. And in the natural, I, I, I mean, I, who am I? I'm just a, a, a minister. But in the natural, I, I don't see a way out for this world. I don't see a way through. In the natural. I believe that the Lord is now beginning to call hearts to himself. I believe there's a call from the Holy Spirit that's going deeper than the calls of politicians and health officials and mathematicians and scientists. I believe there's a deep call going right across this world, not just to our, our auditorium this morning, but far beyond that and many, many pulpits around the world through those men and women of God preaching the gospel, that the only way through, friends, is to come to the table of the Lord. The only way is to come to him. Give him your life. Put your trust in him. Put your confidence in him. David said some trust in horses, some in chariots, talking about technology and speed and strength. But he said, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to put my trust in the name of our God. And so today, brothers and sisters in God, Christians, listen to me. You are a custodial of a message that you need to begin to speak with conviction and confidence because there is no answers in that world out there. There is no answers. They have no answers. No sooner did they give you one sense of this is what you must do, then they change it. No, this is what you do, then they change it. It's shifting all the time. But let me tell you, there's one person who never changes. Hallelujah. Heaven and earth will pass away. But my words will never pass away. And that is a rock that you can hold on to, friends. That's better than Bitcoin, okay? That is better than the American dollar. That's better than the gold standard. That is better than what they tell you in the United Nations. There is a God in heaven who invites you to a table. And apart from that table, there is no way out. And now this world is coming to its apex. It's coming to its conclusion of when it decided it didn't need God, we'll carry on on our own. 
Well, see how far that got us. Don't carry on another day on your own. Invite Christ into your life. Don't wait till tomorrow. Today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. I'd like you to close your eyes with me this morning. There might be one person here at this church. There might be even one person. Even one. And all this was for you this morning. You're not an accident. You heard that. You're not an incidental. You're loved. Holy Spirit has been drawing you, calling you. The love of God goes out to you. The invitation of Christ goes out to you. You, t- you this morning, hear the word of the Lord. Come to that table. You don't have anything to give God except a broken, sinful life. You have no money that can impress God. You have no talents that's going to impress God. You come empty-handed. It's a free invitation. Knowing that someone else took the tab for that. And so if you're ready and you're willing to lay down your life and give it to Christ, then you have done the greatest service you could ever do to yourself. And he said, any man who comes to me, I will in no wise cast you out. So I want to tell you right now, if you're ready to lay down your life and give it to Christ, he won't cast you out. He won't discourage you and throw you to the side. He will receive you. He will fill you with the Holy Spirit. He'll journey with you. And whatever comes down the road, he already has that in hand. And he's going to protect you. He's going to keep you. He's going to walk the journey with you. So if you're ready to give your life to the Lord... I want you to consider it very strongly because you don't give it to this minute and then take it back tomorrow. This is an all or nothing moment for you. This is, I'm giving my life to Christ. I'm going to put my pitch in with him. And history will be the judge. His story will be my judge. Not my story, it'll be his story. If there's anyone this morning, anyone in the balcony, anyone here in the auditorium, and you haven't truly given your life to the Lord. I want you to consider what's out there. Consider it. The alternative is what's out there. What man has got to offer you. And I tell you, friends, it's not a lot. It's fading very quickly. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord endures forever. The comfort of God. If you're ready to give your life to Christ this morning, put your hand up. Every, every eye closed, every head bowed, if you don't mind. I don't want anyone to feel under pressure. But put your hand up and don't be ashamed. Say, I'm ready to give my heart to the Lord. I want to become a Christian. I want to come to that table. I'm ready to receive. God bless you. Anybody else? No, I'm not going to ex- expose you in any way or embarrass you in any way. But I do urge you, Give your heart to the Lord today. Hear the invitation of God for you to come into a living relationship with him. He says, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man is taught and let him return to the Lord and he will abundantly pardon you, abundantly forgive you, clean you, wash you. Is there someone else? Someone else, there's already been one, one person put their hand up to receive the Lord. Is there anyone else this morning? You just put your hand up where I can see. I'll pray from here. Anyone online this morning, if you're watching or watching later on this broadcast, you want to know the Lord as Savior and Lord of your life, the comfort of His love in your life.
put your hand right up right now and open your heart to him and pray this prayer with all your heart pray with all your heart and mean it close your eyes as you pray and address your prayer to God and say dear Lord Jesus I hear your voice calling me to your table and I have nothing to bring to the table except a very mixed <clears throat> broken life I'm so sorry for what I have done wrong as much there Lord that is so unflattering but I still come because I believe that you're honest with your invitation and I come to your table and I come to Calvary and I ask you to forgive me I ask you to come into my life I lay down my life I give it to you and I pray you will take hold of my life and use it for your glory and I ask you Jesus to fill me with your comfort fill me with your confidence and though heaven and earth will pass away Lord your word will burn strong in my heart and I ask you now Lord to be my Lord and Savior and to lead me and guide me and without any qualification Lord I am saying I am giving you all of my life take it I pray and use it for your glory in Jesus wonderful name Amen now if you have prayed that prayer you are a Christian man a Christian woman and I want to welcome you to the body of Christ more so God himself welcomes you but it's important that you have an instruction as well you need to commit into the life of church you need to get a Bible if you're here at Court Church we can get you a Bible if you can't get one we get you one and you need to start growing in God because we are going into a changing world friends where it's not going to get any better it's going to get tougher but the wonderful thing about this is that in the midst of the storm we have Jesus in our boat amen and he commands the wind and the waves and he's the one that can still, still the storm and preserve you at this time so don't fear tomorrow don't fear corona don't fear the, the hybrids of it hallelujah give your life to Christ and then you can say I am until he says I'm not amen thank you for tuning in with us today make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cork Church also make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel if you have any questions at all you can email us info at courtchurch.com or just check out our website www.corkchurch.com again thank you for tuning in and see you next time god bless